Hello and welcome to Fallout Podcast episode 40 something. Why you have tears in your eyes from infotainment? It's a futile fall showdown. All the songs, etc. Tonight, Leave the Capital versus Vixen, Chicago Now versus Service, The Crying Marshal versus All Gang, and Coaching Horses versus Systematic Abuse. No, assume. Joined as always by Monsieur Pippington Rugby, trying to replace meat made by animals. How goes it, Phil? I'm trying not to assume. I try not to assume anything because I am not a human. You are not a human. How dare you? Lord Sage Temple. König und Reichsfürsten in der später Salter. Das. Das Boot. And T. Pemberton Walker, a modern and appealing, brimming with personality, exploring all 15 great options. Indeed. Oh, every single one of them. You and Tim Greenlands. <laughs> <It's a, laughs> It's, it's you know who's It's an Airbus. <laughs> they don't mind. <laughs> Won't be that funny man sat in the greenhouse again. And it's not wearing trousers. Tim three. What's in, what's in them Tim tins behind your head? <laughs> Probably shit. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Rogues, fellswim, betrayers, and hell callers, wherever he is, and me, three beards, indeterminate or illusory nature, etc. So, we had a big treat last week, what I believe was our 10th Futures and Past, um, with Ivor Cutler. But in many ways, this most mythical of bands takes us one step further into the truth. So, what have we got, Ezra? Tonight, we've got Faust. Yes, they form part of the uh, holy trio of German prog units alongside Faust, <laughs> Faust and Faust, <laughs> or rather Kahn and Neu, <laughs> as some may say. Um, and I guess I'll kick it off by just playing a track. And I chose this track because I feel like in the shortest amount of time, it covers the most um, amount of Faustian bases.
Catchy, catchy number. I fucking love it, actually. That okay. was, um, All you need to know. That is Don't Take Root. While I was, you know, thinking about this, I realized that if I was going to be taking part in some kind of bingo game of experimental music, then Faust would really be the band to bring to the table because... They seem to be ticking all of the fucking boxes. It, it's quite incredible. I, I hadn't thought of it before, but what we've got is we've got in, in, in no particular order, we've got two drummers, we've got a mixture of schooled and unschooled musicians, we've got usage of non-musical instruments as musical instruments, we've got feedback manipulation, collage, tape manipulation, field recordings, drone. It's all in there. It's all in there. For me, they're really a fantastic band. And one of the really great things about them is the fact that whilst they could make things that sounded like whatever that sounded like, they could also be extremely beautiful and they could make songs as gorgeous as any other songs I've ever heard, more gorgeous than most. And to compare them to their German prog associates, it's interesting again because, you know, you pick up a Can album or whatever else, I think there's pretty good chance that whilst it's going to be amazing and ridiculous, you can kind of guess what you're going to be in for. With Faust, all of their albums are always all over the place. And you, there's just no telling what kind of nonsense, what kind of frivolity they're going to get into. So anyway, I'll, I'll hand it back over to the uh, to the four reviews. Ah, well, Julian Cope, I think in that Crow Rock sample that says Faust were the most mythical of all bands and um, I agree with you totally and you don't know what you're going to get. The German Beatles, as uh, they were purported to be. Philly, what, what do you make of Faust? Well, I'm, I'm probably most aware of Faust 4 as an album. Um, I think we give the Faust tapes a bit of a listen to it. And then I, was, I, I did check out, I had to eat my words earlier this week as Ezra shared some stuff which I kind of pulled my nose out first of all and then on, uh, on re-investigation had to concede that it was excellent. I, I, I totally get what you mean in terms of their unpredictability they're very hard to put your finger on in terms of if someone if you were to be asked sort of to describe what it is that they do it's very difficult to corral everything that they've done in in terms of you know a succinct description which i think is a really good thing i struggle a little bit with some of the more are, are they linked to stockhouse have they got a direct link to stockhouse because it's it's on yeah. a similar vein because uh, i know all the craft work guys in canada work with rich students weren't they um, but it, it does seem to follow that similar tradition of it's about finding new ways of listening to stuff. I, I, I applaud all of that kind of adventure. As, a, as their actual output, it's never grabbed me that much that I've, I've kind of exhaustively explored it like I would can maybe or, or noise or something like that. But yeah, but that, I mean, the, like you said, the reputation precedes them. You have, you have to at least... Listen to Faust for if you class yourself as any kind of musician with the song. Yeah, and I, th I think as we, all of those things you dropped in earlier, uh, tape, feedback, manipulation, untrained musicians, they all apply to the fall. Obviously, the influence on 
the fall as much as <clears throat> all those crowd rock bands had. That whole generation of musicians got their hands on the Faust tapes because Richard Branson signed them. Uh, and uh, that documentary you showed the BBC one where they're kind of basically shitting on Branson for coming over and trying to, to, to make some cash off this scene. Sam, and he's like, I, I play the cement mixer. <laughs> he's like, that's not what Branson was after. <laughs> he was after tubular bells too. <laughs> not 71 <laughs> minutes of cement mixer with like a three-minute pop gem in the middle. <laughs> it's, it's beautiful. Shall we hear one more before we get uh, Alistair's uh, perspective? So, yeah, this next one I've chosen, fairly clear link to the fall. Here we go. Jamal Odont. Max Shaw. <laughs> Alistair, do you like these Faust fellas? Yes, I've been a, a fan of Faust since I was a teenager. I think the uh, first time I encountered him, uh, it was a guy who's a, a sculptor, who's uh, an artist in residence at school, and they did a work placement type thing with him. Yeah, he, he liked me uh, Faust taps, and it must have been a bit six, 16 at the time. Yeah, it, it was kind of like, what the fuck's this? You know, it was something completely alien to me at the time. You know, I was just used to sort of like rolling rap and stuff like that um, back then. But um, yeah, they, they do some like really, really abrasive stuff, but they do some absolutely beautiful, beautiful, lovely music as well. And the way they mix it up, kind of like playing by their own rules. Uh, but having said that, I mean, it, it was it was very much that Germanic uh, 1970s sound, uh, which, you know, quite often it's traced back to the monks. Faust Beautiful, uh, Andy Shaw the Sculptor, absolute nutter. He challenged the whole school to a snowball fight, me and him against the whole school. Slaughtered, slaughtered. <laughs> Fantastic. Ezra, want to take us home on this uh, autobahn? Yeah, so obviously in the music there, you, you can hear, I would say, a kind of beat which is not a million miles away from the fall and the kind of white line fever driving nature of it. And obviously the fact that the vocalist is just basically speaking slash ranting the lyrics 
And the lyrics are, in fact, this is a man hard working song. There is no old dream. We practiced for years, my friend, to get these machine screams. Noise follows questions, honey. The hero is a business bunny. Uh, if it means money, this is time. Maybe we do it without crime because you are crying and I don't listen. And echoes of my laughter burn into your seven hour turn. So here we have, obviously, a theme which Marky Smith returned to again, 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 again and again and again and a few more agains for the fun of it which is the horrors of work so yeah you know like i would say that there is a lot in faust that you can hear in the fall a lot of it is stuff that's kind of around the margins just like the gonzo anarchy of it all but i think they're a pretty strong influence absolutely and delightful and we didn't you know there's so much more on those on those records that even broaden the scope so if you're not a fan Go and have a listen. I imagine most people who um, listen to this podcast at least know the Faust. Thanks very much, Ezra. Let's move on to the first track this evening. Leave the Capital off Slate's 1981. If you don't mind, Philip, give us a blast. Philip, you're up. So <clears throat> when when you have to listen to one of these tunes over and over and over and over and over and over again in preparation for this uh, for this podcast, uh, you, you do tend to kind of lose a bit of love <laughs> for some of them after after repeated listens. But God, I was still putting this on for fun. Even last night, I put it on about four or five times just to listen to again and again and again. It's just beautiful. Everything about it is just absolutely gorgeous. Um, lyrically amazing. I, uh, I sent it to a friend of mine who's a poet yesterday, and she was like, "Well, I've never listened to the fall. I don't, really, I don't, I can't really get into them." I sent her the the lyrics, and all of a sudden, she was gushing about how amazing the words were and how poetic it was. And it's to me, everything just comes together. It's it's your lobster telephone thing. This, it's just like everything slots together perfectly. Um, the music goes from beautiful sort of motoric kind of beat and um, really quite complicated guitar parts that, that really remind me of... Michael Caroli. Michael, yeah. Just an amazing piece, just an amazing piece. That's Slate's all. And, and, and you came out the other day saying our brother was, was one of your contenders to go all the way through. This is probably mine, to be honest with you. I just, there's no fat on the board. It's just... It's just lean, lean, beautiful meat. So yeah, triple thumbs up from me. Yeah, it is absolutely magical. Ezra, what do you make of it? Oh, this is such a fucking fantastic song. It's really the cherry on the top of the fucking gorgeous cake of slates. And, and you know, like the fall lyrically, 
you know, if you grabbed a bunch of their songs at random and played them to a CEO, the CEO would probably say, I don't like people who just come to me with problems. I want to hear solutions. And I feel like this is, you know, the criticism that could be leveled at, at Marky Smith's lyrics is that there's a lot of complaints, a lot of mithering, a lot of whinging. And it's always great when he comes up with some solutions. And this... I've got to say, is one of the best solutions. It really reminds me of Just Step Sways. It's got that kind of motoric Motown kind of feel to it. Pan resides in Welsh green masquerades on Welsh cat caravans, but the Monty hides in curtains, grey blackish cream, all the paintings you recall, all the sidestepped cars, all the brutish laughs from the flat and the wild dog downstairs. Any poet's going to cream their pants there. And listening back to it, it, an odd thing which kind of jumped out at me was the uh, backing lyric where it's like, I laughed at the great god Pan. I didn't. I didn't. The I didn't sounded so much like a one-shot sample. They're, they're always the same. And so I reckon he's just like playing his tape and rewinding it right back to get the next one. So, you know, those of us, including Marky e. Smith, who would say that Marky e. Smith was not a musician, I would beg them to reconsider. A, uh, a maestro of the cassette recorder, one of a kind, Alistair. Leave the capital. Yeah, it's, it's bloody great, isn't it? Um, it's one of those ones about how much he loves London, I think. Uh, but he had some great lyrics in there. As Phil said, Slate is just genius. It's it's a lovely, great teddy slab of vinyl. Don't know where we'd be without it. But yeah, I really like what's going on with the uh, the guitars and the bass, the way they were kind of like working together. Some really nice little plucking on there, then uh, sort of like mix it in with the, the strumming. The drums are kind of functional, but with some enjoyable embellishments in there. I really love the harmonica in there. It's just sort of like, it's like, what the fuck? And it's like played dead bad. It's a lot more sort of like Larry Adelden. Larry Adler, but it really suits it. It does indeed. It's splendid. Would you call the um, bass and guitar interplay at all? Well, some people might. I, I sit on the fence uh, on that one. Though. I've written interlocking high melodic bass and guitar groove, almost Beatlesy, and so this was the the idea that it was Bricks who pushed them to do the poppy stuff on this nation's saving grace. It's kind of blown out the water by this track. It, it, it stands out a mile for me as like really melodic in a way that very little is before for this nation's saving grace and I imagined it with that lecky production I mean it's fantastic anyway but it, it would be a centerpiece of this nation's saving grace and thematically it would be fantastic as well with him saying this nation's saving grace involves you leaving the capital. What do you mean by melodic? Do you mean his actual vocal performance? or the? No, I, the I think it's the guitar. It's that interlocking guitar and bass. It reminded me of something like Day Tripper or something like that. It was... Um, it's to me that aspect of it, the, the way that they play together. Yeah. Which doesn't happen a lot in the early stuff, but tends to to creep in around this nation saving grace and then in the Dave Bush era there's a lot of those it doesn't always sound good but it's a lot of uh, instruments kind of locking together to create a groove it's just my take though Phil. And as I'm soon as that I, I brought Sergeant Peppers and Pet Sounds down because I think as soon as the harmonica starts layering in with it as well it's, it's quite a lush arrangement yeah and uh, even some nice ride cymbal on the chorus you know you don't get a lot of that stuff it uh, accents the chorus so it, it it stands at a mile on slits, but it uh, makes the record better. In a vaudeville pub back room, dusty pictures of white frocked girls and music teachers, the bed's too clean. Water's poisonous for the system. 
and you know in your brain, leave the capital, exit this Roman shell. Uh, Macken hasn't popped up that much. We've talked a lot, but directly in songs, Macken's influence hasn't popped up. Obviously, the great God Pan line. There's two or three songs where there's a, there's a clear influence tonight. It's really strange. Coach and Horses out of nowhere, very similar in, in its kind of interlocking patterns and its themes. What more could I say other than hours and hours of more good stuff? What does Tim Threesick think? Well, he has started his uh, comments by saying this week's Portian, uh, Leave the Capital, one of the best songs of all time, never mind by the fall. That bass line, the beautiful churn of the guitar, perfect form and angular pop, funny lyrics, what more could you want? Curse its climate for its sins and infections, dismal set, Victorian vampire, the London cloud sucks at the town's heart. I think Danny uh, found that part of the Blast First manifesto and he put it under Annotated Fall. Uh, it's a deep, it's a deep, deep song. Uh, maybe we'll get more chances to dig into it, but it's up against a beast. <laughs> Bricks' B-side. Vixen, another cassette version of This Nation's Saving Grace. Let's have a listen. <laughs> what does this little ditty do for you well first of all i would like to point out that that little take lurch at the start was obviously copped off faust secondly this is proper buried gold it was incredible it's the first time i've heard this track and it's a real bonanza of fucking brilliance it's great not for the first time when i was listening no for the first time sorry let me rephrase for the first time listening to this playlist for the first time i was like wait a minute is this a full track and it was a full track and it's a very good full track it's really really lovely and you know i got into the lyrics and i was wondering is this the old story of a bloated and complacent colonial idiocracy provoking and pushing the bear into some kind of really terrible fucking ridiculous war or is it just about a fox documentary that brick saw on tv hard to say but in some night the wind moves the leaves they pick themselves up and run perhaps all that night possessed no ways of telling time really beautiful elegaic wonderful also the first of tonight's gang references with the triple gang a great tune wrapped in sweet sweet alistair do you concur all right i think um, it deserves to be a b-side but it's a very good b-side and uh, the fold did some very good b-sides uh, it reminded me a bit of so sort of, uh, do you know like when link Ray's doing the country stuff less on the surfy stuff a little bit of that reminded me of another band as well that you know the, the name begins with c i think we did a bingo thing last week and we was taking a piss but yeah, the doors. 
Uh, but a band uh, whose, whose name begins with it, Curlica, uh, and is fronted by someone who was once in an episode of SpongeBob SquarePants. Yeah, it's it's, it's a good one, but it's definitely not leave the capital. Fair enough. What does Tim reckon? He has screamed the following from the abyss. Vixen, eh? Bit naff, innit? Twee and jangly with no substance or momentum. Not for me. Here's what I've written. A good shit. <laughs> Bricks and the boys pretend to be spacemen three. And then a bit of the cramps. And uh, I did, I was trying to wrap my brains like that. Those verses, you know, those bluesy verses, that droney kind of singing over, what does it remind me of? And, and it really did remind me of Spaceman 3. I'm a big fan of that band. And I I really like that part of the song. I wasn't sure about the lyrics and whether it was about her, you know, being in a, in Manchester by herself and Marsha hadn't arrived yet. She's just waiting at the airport for Marsha's buzz to arrive and she's she's a bit sad. I liked it. I wasn't really keen on the, the, the chorusy part where they're singing, but uh, just give me that verse for like eight minutes and I'm, I'm on board. But yeah, it's no leave the capital if I'm not turning my hand too early. Shall we take a vote, Philip? Not only what I think. Philip, what do you think? That's a record, though. I've rec- got the second song. In <laughs> Last week it was three. Lost track of who's spoken. That's well done. Have you been Fair drinking? Down, yeah. uh, there's a few things I, I was I was going to throw. It reminded me of I'm a man. That that tune, and then to flip it to turn it to the vixen thing. But I, that was that was going on with it. It's. Um, and it also reminded me, the first thing it reminded me of was Velvets, that run, run, run. Um, it's got that kind of vibe. And it's got some charms to it. There's some lovely breaks, I, I thought, in it. I thought the slide guitar break was really good. I really like it when Mez comes in. But weirdly for me, I just didn't really like the, the, the bricks bit of it. It, it just it just seemed a bit limp to, to my ear. But um, it's not bad. It's not a bad tune at all. It's, um, it's it, I think it's going to struggle in this competition. I, in mind just... So let's do let's do the dirty voting. Philip, which way are you going? I'm gonna exit this Roman shell. Exactly. Ezra? Well, all the snootiness does somewhat incline me to go for Vixen, but I'm gonna to have to go for Leave the Capital. <laughs> exactly. Alistair. I'm leaving the capital. As am I, and I'm guessing from Tim's uh, damning verdict on Vixen that he is too, and so it is a route. We are leaving that's the capital. That's just five one. Right. All kinds of shenanigans going on in those points there. But let's uh, move on to another absolute masterpiece, Chicago Now.
protracted time then. Extricate, 1990. What do you reckon, Alistair? I'm fine tuned, it? It works really well on the LP as well. Um, I do love Extricate, though, as I've said before. It's got like kind of like a, a detective instinct, auto tech kind of vibe to it. And uh, I do like the, uh, you know, the do you work hard theme. Uh, it makes me wonder, is, that, is he talking to the band? Is he berating them? I quite like the clarinet. It, just, it really stands out in the song. And Marsh's contribution as well. Uh, it, it's all right. It's, it's pretty sort of laid back. Uh, it is a good contribution all the same. I did enjoy playing on the uh, melodica to this one night when I was listening to it this week. That was uh, a lot of fun. But yeah, not bad for the, you know, like 1990, you had all the, the, the Manchester stuff going on. There was definitely no sort of conformity to it. You know, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a good solid tune. It is. I don't know if it's an oboe or a clarinet, but whatever it is, it's, it's sleazy. It's an oboe. It is an oboe. Okay, very nice. And it, it, it's sleazy. The whole thing, the sleazy bass and the, the guitar kind of grooves, which I'm not sure if it's Brammer or, or Scanlon. And Smith just doing the right amount. He's not always singing it. And strangely enough, when he does that hard, it reminds me of Ian Curtis. There's something there's something about the way he sings that reminds me of, of Ian Curtis on this song, which he doesn't very often. It's hard to tell what he actually thinks about Chicago. He's not quite as forthcoming about Chicago as he is about London. But um, I wondered if there was a Blues Brothers reference in there. Who knows? What does Tim think? What about the Blues Brothers reference? Blues Brothers 2000? The best one. <laughs> <laughs> Right, Chicago now. Don't mind this one. It's all sort of noirish. I love Mark's enunciation of work hard and the you don't bits. One of the few instances where I think they make good use of texture and layering on this record. It sounds dense and interesting. Could do with a little less verb and rock sound on snare hits. Maybe I quite like that, sir. That big, that big sound. What do you reckon, Phil? Do you reckon? Uh, so I swear, first thing I've written down is noir. To see what I've done there, I've, I've turned the delicious sound of mmm into the word noir, and I think when it's when it's doing that, it's perfect. It's it's really really good. I love the atmosphere. It's like you said, sleazy is a great word for it. I think the oboe works perfectly. It's 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 very minimal the track, and and they do that light switch thing very very well. But then it it lurches into that more sort of rocky rockabilly break. The dun 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 dun. And it, it, that just loses it for me. I know, I know. There's there's a thing that you need to do in terms of contrasts occasionally, and if you're doing that low, slow, meandering soundscape approach, then you need something sometimes to just have a bit of sharpness to it. I, I just don't think it works in this record. However, when they're not doing that, I, I think it's brilliant. But then it gets towards the end as well, and they're doing that fake fucking car horn stuff with the and that doesn't work either. That's 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 another misstep for me. With those two exceptions, I, I love this. I think it's really, really great. It's another, it's another really strong track off Extra Cut, which is I, I love it as an album. I think it's a really, really good showing. But but those those things kind of put me off this track. Although it, it did make me think that people like King Crew kind of based their entire career on on tracks like this. That's that's pretty much what he does, isn't it? This this tempo and that style of singing that Mez does on this, that croony. There was a, around the the, that, the 90s, there was a bit of a sleaze kind of comeback. There was a gallon drunk. I had a bit of a time in the sun and they were good for that. And they, they had connections to the bad seeds and stuff. So it was kind of in the air a little bit. Ezra, what do you reckon? Oh, smashing, smashing. 
love the uh, love the shuffle beat, and of course, an oboe on anything is great. And I want to know if the oboe is doing the car horn sound, or if it's just Marsha like kind of pressing a keys, like pop pop pop. Beep, beep, beep. And I want to know if the cars in Chicago really do sound like that. Because maybe they, they do. They do. They do. I've been. No, I don't know Chicago from my fucking elbow, you know. Um, and I love the brilliantly obtuse, minimal lyrics with, uh, you know, the introduction of the Do You Work Hard theme, which gets revisited in another track later down the line. You know, my first reaction was that he was just fucking bitching about bricks and how she imagines that she works hard, but she doesn't work hard because he works hard harder than she does and he really fucking works super fucking hard and she's just self deluded that's just my imagination of what he's thinking not what i actually mean to me it seems to be all about measuring work and how can how the fuck can you do that you know you can't measure work Otis targets <laughs> yeah well you know a capitalist would say that i would i would pick to differ and i think that's maybe for me what i like about this track apart from the fact that it sounds ace is like yeah you, you know there is no real measurement from the work because I, I meant to mention before we've, we've been cooing about the oboe on this track which is played by a music charlotte something i can't remember what her surname is now but she went on to form a, uh, an acid folk band with una Benz. Right. First time I brought out um brought out the called the Fate. And I was listening to a few tracks. They're not on Spotify, so I could only listen to a few tracks that were on YouTube yesterday. And it's fucking brilliant. And we should we should you should definitely check out that album. Um it's it really reminded me of sort of bong water kind of stuff. It's the lady who's playing oboe on this track who does it with us. Nice, nice. I'll we'll have a listen. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Well, let's move on. Have I have heard from everybody? It's up against service off the infotainment scan, 1993, Dead Bush's finest moment. Cloud in your eyes. What? Downstairs. Got my hat and my corny brown leather jacket. Streets, great claim for a change. Must have been the way. So it's a, a weird one because, you know, I'm not a big fan of particularly the sound on this album, but there's kind of big housey pianos, but played in kind of a minor key, like it's a ballad. It's, it's a really weird uh, turn. And then that that kind of second part, the little bit they just played where it, where it goes into winter is here. It's beautiful. It's uh, another noirish kind of uh, almost like a detective kind of like thing. Something's amiss. I'm not sure what, but it, it's it's really good. It really grew on me. Why do you have tears in your eyes from infotainment? Walk downstairs, got my hat and corny brown leather jacket. Time of the Wolverines, kick the brown branches. I came home and found, and I say the word entrepreneur, and my problem began. Little boys are taking over. They mumble through the grass. They are not fit to be in the company of Wolverines and Wolverines. I really liked it. It's a great track. Um, Philip, what do you reckon? 
Uh, yeah, I oh, first listen when you hear the naff synth horns and the limp, uplifting grave piano going going through it. I, I was like instantly turned off. And as soon as I started reading some of the lyrics, which I kind of do in the later later listens, I totally fell in love with that. I thought it was great, and it, I was going to mention uh, PKD earlier on with the exit this Roman shell, which always reminds me of the Black Iron Prison, the Empire Never Ended out of balance, and this really. Really reminded me of Philip K. Dick as well. The whole sort of thought transference and the shifting narrative and the late capitalism satire of I don't want to learn the word entrepreneur and all this kind of thing really reminded me of his his sort of savage takes on capitalism and things like Ubik, where the guy gets trapped in his flat because he hasn't got money to pay the door to open and all, all that kind of stuff. So it's at, at first the music really turned me off, but the lyrics really drew me into this and 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 yeah it, it grew on me after a few listens and, and following along to what was being said i'm strangely charming this track yeah yes uh ezra what do you make of it house-tastic it's fantastic it's great yeah i mean like like the other one i love it when they bring in these like house keys and they're just played on the other side of uplifting I'm thinking like of on my own is that- yes yeah, yeah there's some deeply fine satire going on here and it's so nice it's so good and the lyrics are just fucking incredible winter is here i've got a witch on my left shoulder my future's here now i will kick the broken branches they're this day's portion of this day's portion don't want to wake up and learn i've learned the word entrepreneur wandered around found out didn't want to say the word roll it around in your mouth Every man Jack wants to be what he is not service. And the Vulperines and the Wolverines. I mean, if ever a song... He's a goddamn genius, isn't he? If ever a song needed to be resurrected, I mean, I, I wake up today and I open my digital paper and I read about these fucking grill cream entrepreneurs. It's sick. It's sick. The whole world's sick. <laughs> and this is one of the few things that I can do to make myself feel a little bit more like I might want to fucking carry on in the face of this overwhelming sickness. <laughs> what does Tim 3 think? Let's have a look, eh? Oh. It says, service. I really like this one. Naff, brass and all. Sort of melancholy, lovely, talky delivery with some inventive voice twisting, which somehow predicts later vocal styles. Makes me think of rainy urban environs. Makes me think of mixtapes from recording things from the radio in the 90s. That was, that was the other thing, actually, I was going to say, is that, that the whole Philip K. Dick thing, it's, it, it really reminds me of cyberpunk, this. It's that noir, but capitalism kind of woven into it and forward-looking. It's, it's a bit of a cyberpunk track, which doesn't sound like Vangelis. But it's got all those ingredients. Mm. It's incongruous, the kind of the, the pianos mixed with this noirish spoken word thing. It just isn't like they would have done what they did in Chicago. And I a saxophone playing a sleazy kind of line, but instead you've got these house pianos. It's a, it's just a bizarre choice, but it's a, it's wonderful. Uh, Alistair, what does it do for you? Not a great deal, tell the truth. Uh, I think I'm a bit dissenting voice on this one. Um, it reminds me of loads of like you know, like New Order electronic kind of stuff. Uh, Smith, Scanlon, and Hanley are, are credited as the writers on it. Um, I'd have been embarrassed to put my name to it, tell the truth. Um, <laughs> I think uh, <laughs> that synth brass thing, that's just shit. There might be some guitar on there. I don't think there is, but there might be. But 
I definitely think the song would have benefited from more of a, a Les Dawson approach to it. <laughs> Say that about everything. Yeah. Put it in the red, put it in the red. Make it like red. Jesus lizard can the doors. <laughs> Thank you, Perky. <laughs> and now we have Les Dawson. Exactly. What would Frank Sidebottom have done with that track? What would Frank have done? It would have been Probably. fine for Frank, actually. They're brilliant. It would have taken it apart, wouldn't it? Completely reconstructed the bugger. It would have been fantastic. It would have been you know, really it fantastic. Would. Well, it's time to take a vote. Chicago now. Chicago then. 1990. Versus service. What are we doing? Ezra, which way are you going? Oh, you came to me first. You can have a minute. <laughs> you can have a minute if it's a bit, if it's too much for you. I'll put the cat amongst the pigeons and I'll go with service. Philip? Do you know what? I'm I'm with you, Ezra. I, I love I love Chicago now, but I, I do think service is a better sound. What about 10 3? Come with service as well, 3 2. It's a done deal. <laughs> I just take a second to look Alistair's face. He's like that. He's like uh, the lad. Uh, this, is, this is one of the joys of this podcast, isn't it? Where we mercilessly gang up on one member and, and put through a song that they fucking hated listening to. Tell us more about this song. House you want through. <laughs> All right, so service goes through regardless of what we think. So, Alistair, I'm guessing you're going what for. What do you think? I want to know. Mate. Sweet tears of pain. I would have gone for. Fear. I would have gone for Chicago now. Uh, it's tight one, but I would have. I would have gone for Chicago. Alistair. Well, yeah, Matthew Sal vote is for Chicago now. Oh, don't matter, does it? So. <laughs> 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 that'll get you back for putting the cover through in the, against spoiled Victorian <laughs> child um, the crying Marshall off uh, the Marshall Suite 1999 let's have a listen for Exhibition. Philip, you're up. Big beat, the biggest of beats. It's this, uh, it's, it's kind of got everything in the kitchen sink thrown into this, doesn't it? And there's a lot of fun stuff. There's obviously that sort of Chemical Brothers tall cup kind of that. I didn't bother checking who actually produced it. Um, but on, on the first couple of listens, it had me jumping up and down. It's quite a stompy number. And I do like how over the top it is. It's, it's just had us all jumping around now as we've got the track on. It's, it's an instant sort of hit like that. And I, I do like go big or go home kind of numbers. I, I think for me, though, that were this 
suffers a little bit is in the production. If you're going to do a track like this, the production's got to be really busy on it, and you've got it. That's where your ideas are. You've, you, you know, you only need a handful of samples to make something work like this. But the the way you chop it up is is kind of how you make the judgment on whether it's good or not. It's a bit lazy, and the big the big break at the end of it, they do the least amount possible. It's just they just whack it in on the on the one, don't they? For my money, it's fun. It's it's enjoyable, but it's it's a bit kind of throwaway as well. They've, they've not put a lot of love into this. And I think what we heard from stuff like Von Sunnikal is it really works when you throw that production investment in production time with Smithy's vocals as well. You can come up some right gems. This is all right. It's all right. It is indeed all right. But what does Ezra think of it? Well, yeah, this was, you know, I mean, for the listeners, we usually get the uh, playlist for the next weeks shortly after recording the current weeks. Magic how that happens, and, isn't it? It's magic. <laughs> and, and, and to be honest, it's one of the highlights of my week. And usually <laughs> at that point, I'm in a beer trance and I, I just like to lay back into my sofa and just listen to these eight full tracks waft over me. It's kind of like a sound bath, quite healing. And I was I was enjoying it. And then this came on and I felt like I was being trolled. I was like, Brendan's pawned some fat boy slim to fucking <laughs> piss me off or something. And I had to get all the way out of my sofa, all the way over to the laptop. And that's not an inconsiderable distance to check. And then I saw that it was, in fact, the full song. Were you and cursing then, Brendan? Were you cursing Brendan to have to get off? I was cursed. I was cursing the universe. I was cursing God. I was cursing the devil. <laughs> I was cursing the laptop. I was cursing everything. But the thing that I love about this track is that someone obviously followed Marky Smith around, waiting for him to get hay fever, and then like recorded him sneezing and built it into the to the beat of the track. And then they also had the guitarist kind of like try to get the Marky Smith nyal and. It works really well, and so it, as you said, Phil, it, it, it's a real bopper. <laughs> it's funny as fuck, but it's all about how he just left town sixteen times because he couldn't remember what day the fashion exhibition was, so he kept leaving and then coming back and realizing that he hadn't missed the fashion exhibition and then having to leave again. So yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, it, it, it's certainly big beat. Certainly is. Alistair, yeah, it's all you like this one, funny. didn't you? <laughs> uh, it's okay, you know, it's okay, that's it. It just don't really stand out, you know, you've got all sort of uh, big beat, yeah. Uh, but I think there's better stuff out there that you could listen to with a, a similar ilk. And stuff that's considerably older, that, that's sort of a lot more effective. Yeah, it's, it's one of those, it's just, it's, it's all right. Hi. So the lads who produced it called the Filthy Three. They did a they did a song called Where the Sweeney, where um, Frank is uh, the main character in their video. It's quite a funny video, kind of a Sweeney parody. But it, they're kind of um, also ran big beaters, and it does come across like that. It, I do kind of like those scratchy, very 90s kind of guitar, big beat sounds that are going through it. And like you say, Phil, the kitchen sink kind of idea. But it very much feels like a remix of someone had like one verse of Smith and said, do something with this. 
and they're like, okay, slap a big beat on it and some noises, and we can we can eke a song out of this. But apparently, Smith was was doing this uh, intentionally. He was going to write a full five sided album about the return of the Marshall. Forgot that very quickly by the time uh, the next album came around. Yeah, quite liked it. It's of its time though. It's of its time. What does Tim Three think? No time for this. So true to fashion. Whoop, whoop, how could you not like this one? <laughs> Demented cut-up, twisted rip, an incomprehensible ranting. Yes, please. Recording's oh, a bit hot, though, Mal. <laughs> Makes me think of Underworld somehow, even though I know the comparison is not exactly on point. I like the ending build-up where everything's blowing out, too. There you go. He just looks proving you wrong. Disco Tim is not Underworld. What are you talking about? Have <laughs> <laughs> a word. Have a word. insulted everybody with that. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so is that everyone now? That's everyone. It's up against another kitchen sink, uh, all gang of Levitate, 1997, a mere two years and three lineups earlier. You cut it out before you got to Smith's lyrics, but I'll 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 do it. I'll do you the honors. I was walking down the street just the other night. I turned the corner to a fist fight, and I look around. I look around. I look around. Old gang, not around. Old gang, <laughs> not Mez's finest lyrics. Still a genius, Philip Rigby. Is he still a genius? No, you've you've completely convinced me now. He's obviously shit. Um, I I've just realised that um, I've been listening to the live version of this track all week, and I've not been listening to the album version all week. And the live version, the vocal is very low in the mix, and the music is very high in the mix. Um, so I've I've not paid attention to anything that he's been singing about, to be honest with you, and and just the uh, just the live rendition of the music, which I thought was all right, <laughs> it was okay. It's a good, good live uh, mix of some punky uh, some punky music and a bit of a stomper. But that's that's pretty much all I've got to say about this. Fair enough. Ezra? Oh, this is a high point on Levitate, I think. I mean, yeah, the the the, the outstanding naffness of the lyrics aside, which almost works in its favour. You know, I, I really like these full songs where there's really not much at all to the lyrics. Somehow they make this incredible, like, hell ride into Hades. It's all slipping down off the back of that fucking pounding piano and the squealing synth and the, like, kind of ominous... Ooh, it's a ghost ride to the bowels of damnation and I love it I'm all aboard sweet sweet Alistair I do like Levitate um, like really nice sort of like discord bits in there that are quite like nice sort of like solid kind of 
beat to it, you know, a um, good walking shit. Like the theremin in there, or at least I think it was a theremin. The piano, it's like that really, really stands out. Um, really kind of like metronomic. It's a strange one, but it's it's a it's a foot tapper at the same time for me. Uh, the walking down the street thing is just fucking lazy in it. Is he going on about his gangster connections in this one? You know, the kind of thing, uh, Mad Frankie phrases with best mate type of thing. He likes to, doesn't he? He likes to talk about gangsters coming around his house to watch um, Come Dine with me, things like that. Yeah, talks, yeah. So it's what you do, it's what everybody does. Somebody on the R34 suggested that it was, it, it might be a homage to, to Ted Chippington, who would always do these really anodyne kind of stories about walking down the street. But there's been, uh, Smith has a, a series of songs now where he rants on in, in um, interviews about how he hates people talking about going up the street going back down, and then he does it over and over again in multiple songs. I almost can uh, let him get away with it. I really like the music though. It's really discordant. It's, everything's been played in a different key. The, the piano is not... <laughs> It's not doing anything like what the other instruments are doing. And it's motoric and discordant, raucous. Faustian, you might say. Maybe, maybe even Faustian. <laughs> I, um, I'm going to let the lyrics slide. It's a win. Good shit. <laughs> what does Tim 3 think? He's going to love it, isn't he? gonna love it wonky jam recorded through a sock with some nice discordance at the beginning i like the fact that someone thought they were playing the piano part of in c throughout the whole thing then the vocals come in and it goes nowhere and lasts about two minutes longer than it should have would honestly be better without the vocal walking down the street again yeah maybe maybe i don't know there's something about it it's charming it's charming. Is it time for a vote? Where are we going? Don't know which way it's going to go. Philip, Philip, which one do you want to go through? I don't know. I don't know what these two. I really I'm don't. back to you. Ezra, what about you? Well, I do like the crying marshal, but it's clear to me that old gang is the one that must prevail. Aye, aye. Alistair? I'm with Ezra on this one. All gang it is, Philip. Last chance. Go on. Yeah, no, there's all gang fine. All gang. All gang's good for me as well. And um, Tim, which way did he go? Yeah. Crying Marshall 3 1. Good. So all gang goes through. And we're going on. In your face. In your face. Your boys took a hell of a beating. Coach and horses off post-Reformation TLC. Very much maligned and misunderstood. This is where it pulled back. Alistair, coming to you first. Yeah, it's a nice little pop tune, I suppose, in a, a kind of birdsy style. You know, it's, it's inoffensive, competent. You know, it's quite likeable. Uh, but at the same time, I'm kind of a bit meh with it, you know. You know, one of the things that goes in its favour is it's, it's not dead long. It's not dead long. It's a nice little short one. Maybe the best song on uh, on Reformation. It's uh, jazzy. 
indie, groovy. There's something about Mez's voice, uh, vocals on the album that I quite like, that they, there's not a lot of treatment on it. They're very dry and, and, and very front and centre, and I think that's one of the best things about it. Uh, there's not a lot of high points on that album, but uh, this and the insult song I can, I can listen to him another one of those time displacement songs another one looking at the world slightly askew that we've had a few of them and again in, in the Machen uh, suggested in the annotated fall as a as a reference here maybe not direct but this idea of the occult or the weird not being in a far distant land but right on your doorstep and you wake up one morning look out the window and you're, you're suddenly in the 1860s and you close the curtains and you're back to where you were I saw a little bird yesterday when I was on the balcony I looked around and there's a, a tiny little bird just behind me and I blinked and it had gone true story Ezra what do you make of this song coaches and horses had their plumes on again they say you can't come in your coat infused I swear to you everything I enter refused they say no chemicals have been invented yet in the 1860s again yeah it's nice I, I mean musically it reminds me a lot about of that uh, Jeremy Corbyn's veteran poppy track that we we all hated so much and that's off the same album so you know it seems like they were they were following something there but yeah for me this has been the most forgettable of the evening musically i praise it indeed (laughs) do you think it's a sequel to wings who me all of you all of you (laughs) alistair do you think it's a sequel to wings no not in any way whatsoever I think it's possible. Time travel. (laughs) (laughs) Esther, you think it's possible? Come on. No, that's all that's possible. (laughs) Phil, what do you think of this song? (laughs) Wings 2, as it's uh, uh, called in our house. If you're not, nobody's biting on that one. Phil, what do you think of this song? Reminded me of Wings, to be honest with you, mate. The band, Wings 2, I think, is its proper title. Uh, no, I'm, I'm with Ezra and Al on this. It's, it's everyone. Uh, I we're just going to gang up on you now because it's shit. It's a very half-fast, twangy '60s monkeys, birds kind of thing, isn't it? That the the trying to channel. Um, he just fawns in the, the the lyrics and the performance. I think over the top of it. I I, I applaud your uh, attempts to try and <laughs> make this song more interesting than it actually is. But it is dull and forgettable. The fucking album. It like wings then. What does Tim think? He he'll love this. More shite from a shite record. Shit. All right. Well, that's all we got time for. So that means that um, Wings Two goes through with the old gang. <laughs> <laughs> that's the rule if you run out of time um all right so last track of the evening is assume off fall heads roll 
that's a glorious rock and roll photograph of Mez, isn't it? I'm yeah, really in his rock jumper. Uh, it somehow makes systematic abuse worse, knowing that a mere three years earlier, a completely different lineup of the band had already nailed the song. Um, <laughs> although listening back, Eleni does uh, add something to the later one. But um, Alistair, Ashum, you reckon? Um, was this from a, a mixing it session? That version was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't know that they uh, that they did one like because um, I really love that show. But yeah, very disappointed it's not on for as long as it used to be. It used to be some great like Radio 3 listening. Uh, great free and stuff. Uh, it's been recorded entirely on fences, that kind of thing. And it was, you know, when Peel was playing some cack, you know, just turn it over, listen to mixing it for a bit. Jobs are good. But yeah, the song, it is very systematic abuse. It's, it's all right. Like, you know, it's, it's another one of those. It's just a bit meh, you know. No, a, a bit middle of the road. M-O-R. Tim 3. What do you reckon? Yeah, he's going to like this one. Decent garage rocker with some funny lyrics. Much better in the LP version than the tentative and half-developed mixing it session. Hume, hoon, hoon, or rapitan, capitan, rabbiter. No fucking idea. Better than coaches, at least. Mm. He does like heads roll. He likes that era. It kind of dawned on me that if, if, he hadn't, if they hadn't walked out on him, he basically just reformed this band after they're doing the post-TLC, see the Americans for it, and then he just reformed it so the whole, from about 2000 to the end, it was it was really just that one vision. So it makes sense that it sounds very similar to the Imperial Wax stuff, but they're not. The thing that we uh, criticise the Imperial Wax lads for sometimes of being a little bit too sessiony or a little bit too competent. I think that earlier band of that kind of lineup is a little bit more raw, a little bit more wonky. And I do like their take on on that. But yeah, I, I still don't know if it's anything more than a, a bit of a riff. And um, yeah, it didn't really do a lot for me. It's not Wings 2, I'll give you that. What about Phil Rigby? <laughs> um, yeah, so this comes after Midnight in Aspen on the album. Because I, I re-listened to that yesterday and that's such an amazing track. And then this, this comes after it and it's powerful. I really like the, the the rhythm section on it. I think it's recorded really well and played really well. Um, I don't like the guitar. I don't like that Nino riff all the way through. It's not good enough. It sounds like it sounds like a placeholder riff when you're jamming something out, and I I, I just don't understand why they why they went with that. But I do think everything else is great. I think the bass sounds like a you know ogre blowing a raspberry down a microphone. I think it's everything that we want tonally. I think the drums are a bash bash sort of awesome all the way through. But the thing that makes me smile every time I hear it is um, is some of Smith's contributions to it. The, I thought he was showing Capita, the uh, one of the fourth biggest consulting agencies, um, <laughs> all the way through it. And then his his line about singing all the lyrics to Hey Jude, I caught every time that I was listening to it, which made me chuckle as well. Um, so I think I think it's good. But that but that guitar riff every time it comes in, it just reminds me of like Billy Corrigan at Smashing Pumpkins or something. It's uh, 
it's yeah, it kind of takes me out a bit. But everything else, I quite like. Um, I always wonder. Just the Mexican muse. Yeah, Smith was notorious in wanting to just do the first couple of takes, though, and I just wonder whether that placeholder thing. You got to be careful because if you put a placeholder riff in, or just the first thing, that's staying there. And Smith, you probably you probably like that kind of stuff. Is it is that weird kind of? Um, this will this will annoy him. I'll leave it in. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ezra, what do you reckon? I like that Nino annoying stuff. It's great. Yeah, you know, I, I would <laughs> I would take exactly the same the same um, the same approach. You know, the third term is mystical rabbiter. If you half assume you are a Hume, if you fully assume you are a Hume. When Cliff Barnes read out in the Dune the lyrics of Hey Jude, he was victuous, trembling. If you are Hume, you assume. If you don't assume, you are Capitan. Capitan, his verbals, victuals, and interest. Trembling is its tech antic, be he. The watch was blackish in the morn. If you assume, you are a whom. If you half assume, you are a hume. Seven productions, they assumed. The seventh of them was a humes. Fucking genius. Sweet, sweet. That's the second time blackish has cropped up today as well, isn't it? In the in the lyrics. It's in Lee mm. Capital talks, yeah. Mm. Curtains being grey, blackish and white. Mm. Well, is that everyone? everyone is. I'm not telling you. Let's mm-hmm. have a vote. Oh, Tim, I think Tim Tim liked it, didn't he? He did. Uh, okay. I um I'm going for coaches and horses. What about you, um, you lads? What about you lads? <laughs> <laughs> I um I'm gonna go with uh systematic issue. Because it, it it made me laugh more than normal. It's over. It's all over. Ezra. I assume. I am a Hume. Assume the worst. Assume the fetal position. Alistair. I'm assuming as well. And Timothy. He is assumed. And that means against uh, the wise advice, assume goes through. As does all gang, as does service, and as also does leave the capital. So all in all, a a nice, good episode where we all had a lot of fun. Um, so that, that, that filthy three video, um, time the Sweeney has both Frank Sidebottom and Mez rocks up at the end of the video, so that's worth. And and one of the rotters off Coronation Street, whose name I can't remember because it's been a, a long, long time, but to... you, you also posted somebody doing a cover version of a shoe this week, which I, I thought was a, is it a French band or something, but that was I thought it was better than the fall. The, the uh, music's definitely better, and I was disappointed they weren't singing in French because I thought that would have been awesome. Mm. Yeah, what I'll always do if I have the time is I'll listen for other versions. So obviously I'll listen to the Peel session or any other radio stuff and listen to a few live, and often uh, weird things will pop up like um, someone done like a jazzy piano solo version of Leave the Capital, but uh, I wasn't that enamored by it. And then when that had engendered the... Uh, Christmas one a few weeks back. It's always worth, you know, uh, skirting around in the digital undergrowth for uh, some fall tidbits. But um, that's it for the evening. What's your favourite track? Well, we've got a few minutes. Phil, what was your favourite of the oh, eight? Whenever, whenever we have 
anything off slow, it's it's uh, it's it's got to be that. So yeah, leave the capital for me. Right. But service is probably the biggest surprise this week. Mm, indeed, indeed, Alice. To which one did it for you? Leave the capital as well. Um, amazing tune in it from yes. an amazing era. It is great. Ezra, what about yourself? Well, leave the capital, obviously, but also all gang. All gang was was one I went back to. I leave the capital, yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of great stuff in there. So next week, another uh, another week, another batch of fall tunes and a, and a guest. If all goes well, we will um, we'll have a young man from the other side of the Atlantic behind the behind the curtain. Ezra's on the phone. He's making wheels and deals. Entrepreneur. Did someone say entrepreneur? <laughs> All right, oh. take it easy, chaps. Bye. See you later. See you later.